0: 2020
1: podcast. What? It's a 2020 podcast. What? It's 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 This is this is what? the 20 by 20 podcast. And we are your host,
2: Nate the McFly, with Young Quarantine Poppy. You already know. Everybody. Go Woodrow, man. Shout out to the nation of domination. What's going on, brother? Just here, you know, just growing my beard, working, I wear my shades like 80% of the day now. Okay. Well, you're at home, so it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, just working, bro, just working. Know, trying to be a good fiance. Wepa, look at you using those big words. Just cooked up some skirt steak, nice. and some potato, and some, nice. dirty, and some dirty corn. <laughs> dirty corn? <laughs> What's dirty it's corn? Like roast, it's like roasted. Okay. You know, like roasted corn kernels. <clears throat> nice. And, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So I'm out here. You know, definitely chefing it up during this quarantine season for sure. Getting fat all over. <laughs> well
1: <laughs> shout out to the neckbeards. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I'm trying to you know, trying my hardest, man. Just trying my hardest to uh really take it easy with the overeating and all that stuff, you know. Out here, you know, doing the yoga, bought me a bike. And, oh, yes. you know, Trail plays throughout this whole shit. Fuck it, man. I gotta make sure, you know, I either lose somewhere to just stay exactly the same. Don't go nowhere.
2: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. you gotta elevate. You know, do what's right. It's a good time to do what's right. Yeah, just checking yeah. on my beard, bro. My bad. Nah, it's, uh, it's there, bro. It's there. Yeah, I be doing the little comb-overs, right? So I be, like, combing the... <laughs> it ain't reaching? <laughs> Trying to comb it over. Trying to do a Donald Trump and shit. Make my shit look a little more full. A little fuller than it is. Yo, this shit is like an outline. <laughs> this shit is like an outline of it's a saxophone. So <laughs> it's so nasty. It's so no, nasty. No man should have to go through this shit, bro. <laughs> like, this yeah. shit is nasty. This shit is so nasty. You but, got you got Mike's, uh, Mike's hair on your face and shit. <laughs> I got some... It's just nasty, bro, but... Whatever. When my man Jose opened up his barbershop, oh, and to get right. my first haircut, and I get to like line this little thing up right. See, I always wanted. This. Look at that. It's connecting. Look at you. <laughs> you might have had this when you were twelve. <laughs> nah,
1: actually eighteen. About 17,
2: 18. But I and always it wanted. It just right.
1: connected. Like it, it was connected by like two strands of hair. <laughs>
2: These whiskers, I'm like navigating them. Like I'm trying to navigate them down this way. You just keep like. They keep trying to flourish, like <laughs> nah, bro. Just stay down. Looking Filipino over there, bro. But 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 enough about me and more about
1: my beard. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we try to set it off on um, you know, on a real joyful, uh joyful mood. But you know, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that went down this week, especially with uh. Sh, uh, Shad Gaspar, RIP man. Very yeah, RIP. Very very sad. I mean, just like everybody's been saying, he went out a hero.
2: Word word. That was that was dope. I mean, obviously, and you know, his, his son was saved too. So that's actually, you know, an amazing thing. But um, it's like I I see, you know, I see the. The connection that the job had with him and that like it made it more sadder for me for some reason like just like seeing like the positive things they were doing and like the, the funny happy things they were doing yeah um, and then to have to like go from that to making that type of announcement
1: that shit, is, that shit was hard bro
2: I'm pretty sure <laughs> that shit was hard seriously man like Condolences and definitely blessings to his family. Yeah, I'm man. He's really going through it right now. That shit is like sudden and like you just never know, bro. Never like you never, just know. never know when it's your time to go.
1: And it's not like he was doing something out the ordinary, you know. He was doing something that he usually does with his son, you know, swimming the beach. Beaches were opening out there in Cali and Yeah.
2: RP man, R. P. shot.
1: RIP R- 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 to a hero, man. You know, like he told, he told all those lifeguards and everybody, you know, go save his son first. You know what I'm saying? Like that was his, that was his main, main goal right there, just to make sure his son was, his good, his son was safe. Yeah. RIP right? R- R- to him, bro. Everybody, everybody had the same type of energy for him, saying that he was a, a lovable guy, a good guy, funny guy. Nobody had anything even remotely negative to say towards him. You know what I'm saying? So, RIP to him, man. Good one. This is for you, brother.
2: Like, I wasn't, you know, I'm not too privy to the crime time era and all that. You want to just, like, tell me, you know. All right. So, um,
1: late, like, uh, late 2010s. Not even, not even 2010s. I think there was, like, it was, like, in the first decade of the 2000s. Must have been, like, 08, I would say, 09, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, man, Crime Time, when they came on the scene, it was just, like, a lot of people must have seen it It was, like, uh, here we go with another fucking gimmick, going at it from a racial standpoint. You know, like, these niggas were <clears throat> just literally two niggas from Brooklyn, bro. You know what I'm saying? And they, they came through, you know, baggy jeans, tank tops, Tim's on with the Yankee, with the Yankee fitted. You know what I'm saying? Like they they embodied what a street dude was from New York at that moment. Especially like, you know, with dipset, G when they rolling around and all that other shit. Like, yo, that that was that. Like it wasn't like they were playing 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 trying to play a part. They were the part. You know? Did they ever win the titles? Nah, they never won the tag titles. Mm. You know, they never won the tag titles, but they were so over. Over to the point where they had, like, you know, like these six-man tag matches with Cena. Um, okay. Just everybody. They shared the ring with a lot of, like, dope individuals. Like, there, there was this one picture from, there was a Survivor Series uh, where it was SmackDown versus Raw, like how they usually do. And you see them in the ring with, you know, Mysterio seen a you know like you see them in the ring with with heavy hitters right and it's wild man it's wild like they they had they had the the crowd behind them i don't know why they never pushed it forward i mean at one point even like uh hearing him on the job of tears he was talking about how like vince was trying to push him to be champion as a so as a solo dude because you know he he had turned on um, JTG, that, that was his partner at the moment, turned on him and, he, and went on this heel run that, that was very short-lived, very like, you know, bleh. you know, that, that, that shit was vanilla. You know what I'm saying? Had no flavor. It was crazy. But, you know, he even said that, like, you know, he, was, he started to move a little wrong, you know, he was asking all the wrong questions, and then they kind of took a backseat to him. And he, he and not even being sour about it, he was just like, damn, like he knew where he fucked up and didn't blame nobody for it but himself. Right? Too much talking I don't know,
2: faction
1: type, type of situation. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know what I'm saying? And it, it didn't work out. You know, they, I think like the last couple years that they run was very, uh, very bleak, you know, very. Very low, low to the ground. They they weren't really having any traction or anything like that. And then they got released and that was that. But you know, you seen you seen this dude in movies. Like it was little roles. Like I, I don't know if you noticed uh that movie with uh Kevin Hart and uh Will Farrell. Uh the one Will Farrell's going to jail.
2: Oh, okay, or, yeah.
1: He's in that? Yo, he's he's one of the dudes in the park that Fucks up Will Farrell.
2: <laughs> He's a big dude, bro. Oh,
1: what like six, seven, three hundred and fifty 350 or some shit he like that?
2: 50. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know, he had he had he had roles in little little <laughs> movies and shows and shit. Like he was trying to do his thing in Hollywood, and you know, he had like scripts that he was working on now. You know, he was trying to make moves and they were more in the scene, the last like year or two. Him, JTG, they they were they were uh, tag team champs in this uh, independent promotion. I think in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. And you know they they were they were really starting to come around a lot. And you you you'll see this guy backstage, like pictures of him backstage at Raw and SmackDown. Now, like you know, not talking to Vince or trying to look for a contract just because they know who he is and he left with such. A good, uh, a good impression on everybody. He could go wherever they at. Yo, if they was in L.A., New York, wherever it may be, and he was in town, they'll let him come through. He'd be chilling in the back with all the boys and shit.
2: Lovable guy.
1: Yeah, yeah lovable guy. That's what everybody would say. You know, Santino Morella was saying that. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, you know, MVP. MVP was chilling with him last year from WrestleMania weekend. Like, I seen them at, at Wale Mania. I met Chad, I mean, Shad in, in Wale Mania approachable mm-hmm. dude, bro. Like, dude was cool as hell, you know. Big ass hell, but approachable. <laughs> yo, like, he see me trying to get through places. He's like, yo, 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 come on, man. Come on, come on. Come through here, G. Come through here, G. I'm like, oh, yo, good looking out, good looking out. And then just, just chilling there, like, vibing with everybody and everything. You know, he's like, yo, you good, bro? You good? You need something? I'm like, nah, man, I'm good, my brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And then, you know, like, I'm over here, like, recording what's going on on stage, because I think West Side was on stage, performing. And I just, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, "Nah, hold on." I was like, "Yo, child, let me get, a, let me get a flick with you." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, d- definitely." That's the flick I put up on the gram. So you know what I'm saying? And yo, look at that shit, bro. You know, if I would've, yo, nobody never knows. Like you said, nobody knows when it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Just gotta live to the fullest, man. And any, any type of interaction or opportunity you get to meet somebody or whatever. Yo, just take it, bro. I mean, I know it's going to be a lot different now coming off of, the, coming off of what, what we're mm. doing now, you know, with the quarantine and everything. Like, hey man, see somebody out there, yo, dude, yo, what up? You ain't even got to give him that. Just say what up. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> can get that nigga the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> the elbow
2: grease. <laughs> the elbow joints. You know what I'm saying? So... It is yeah, bloody. man, definitely R. P. Shad, man. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Good
1: one. Yeah, me. man, it's crazy. Like, the day they found him, which was, what, yesterday, right? Yeah. It was, it was yesterday. That yeah. was the same day, nine years ago, Macho Man died. On the day? On the day, oh, May 20th. Sure. And a couple of a couple of days before that was owen's birthday like it's just it's a lot mm. a lot there's a lot in the month of may man you know a lot a lot of sadness but you know now we get to you know celebrate really celebrate their lives you know and i and it's and it's good to see like you like you always say like give, giving them their, their flowers like he he was talked about well you know what i'm saying we just didn't see it but everybody had love for him Which is great, you know. So they you know they displayed it for for the public to see now. So that's dope.
2: No, yeah, he's getting he's getting a lot of love. I mean, I seen like Bailey, I seen a lot of like well-known people in the industry. Definitely, definitely. Giving him that love. So you never know, bro. Never know, you never know. Shit is tough
1: out here. Yo, shit is wild, B. Shit is wild, my (laughs) nigga. Just gotta, you know, just gotta maintain, maintain. We're gonna get through this. We definitely gonna get through this, man. Know that for (laughs) that. But yo, man, uh, hate to hate to move away from this, but we have to let the show roll. But, um, this is episode 105, and we're gonna do it like this so dark side of the ring. You know they they wrapped up their season, season two, episode ten of Owen Hart. Now, we haven't really you know went in to every episode. Like there there probably be some some certain things from uh each episode and we'll talk we'll talk about it a little a little bit. But I just want to talk about the season in general. What what did you think about the dark side of the ring for season two?
2: I thought they definitely stepped it up. You know, they talked about some real, some real good topics like the Benoit, the Owen Hart. Mm. Like the fact that they talked about the Owen Hart the way they did, I was like, and had his wife there, I was like, yo, this is, this is official, you know, so, um, and I, and I, you know, obviously we're going to get into that Owen Hart, right? But I I would say like, I would say the, uh, the Benoit was probably my Favorite and just the one that I like the most. All right, what was one that uh
1: that surprised you? Like going through the season, you were like, "Oh shit! I didn't know this. I didn't know this episode was gonna be dope, but this one was pretty fly." Um,
2: I can't even think of them off the top. I didn't watch all of them. Which ones? You have a list of? Well, the Benoit was
1: two uh, two episodes. First two episodes was about Chris Benoit. Then they did the Brawl for All. Okay, yeah. All right. That was a good one. Uh, they did the Legion of
2: Doom. I did not watch that one. Oh, that was, that, that was tough. That was tough. What do they talk about? Like their fucking downfall?
1: Well, they talked about how they got together, how they how they met, and just like that whole scene in in Indianapolis in Minnesota, yo dude, it's crazy they, they, they these are people that all went to high school together. Check this list out bro. They either went to high school together or were part of the rival high school to that high school. You had both of the guys from Legion of Doom you had smash from demolition <laughs> you had rick rude uh ker henning mr perfect scott norton okay. the berserker the remember the berserker yeah of course yeah you had you had homie there um and they were all trained by this one dude named eddie sharkey and you know there's there's a dope ass uh story about how eddie sharkey came home from doing a bid and the first time that WWE came around to Minnesota to do a show, Rick Rue came to Eddie um Eddie Starkey and threw him a bag. It had like had like 10, 15 racks in there. Like, yo, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like just throwing the bag and shit. And they talk about also this bar that they all used to go to where it was just like a my nigga, like a fucking shit show every day there. somebody either getting kicked out, stomped out. But somebody was going home with a bitch. You know what I'm saying?
2: Where was this at? In Minneapolis?
1: Yeah, Minnesota.
2: Minnesota.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just just you know, learning, learning. You know, the back history to all that, how they got started, how they got it to end up. Uh, NWA, WCW, WWF. Now, which what it was called at the time, and then leading up to the downfall. Fucking Hawk over here. Popping pills, drinking vodka, and then sniffing a little coke on the side. You know what
2: I'm saying?
1: <laughs> just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That uh-uh, uh-uh. you know couple rails. <laughs> so it was just that that was just crazy. Like the way they they dived in on that and showed like they showed a a clip from like a home video of him just like, a. No way. Him looking back at the camera like. You know, like,
2: <laughs> yo, dark side of the ring be doing some shit.
1: Yeah, yo, dude, they had this That's other. That's I think it's from uh SummerSlam '91, the one that was in England.
2: Okay.
1: Where the the main event was Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. So, Hawk came in high as a fucking kite, bro. Fuck up, and they were supposed to be the second to last match to go on. They were supposed to be co-main eventing, and Fucking this nigga uh Vince McMahon was like, yo, fuck it. He put him down to like the second match of the car. And this nigga couldn't even get the fucking finisher off, bro. Hawk was Hawk was done. They, they were they were surprised he rolled the bike to right the ring. Yeah, huh? you could see it in the match. Yeah, you can see it in the match. As kids, we didn't see that. We just thought like he was just like probably a little like fucked to- up from 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 one of the body slams or whatever, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go back to that. I want that. yeah, nice. to see that. That's crazy. to see
1: that. You're, you're going to be surprised how he rode a fucking a Harley Davis into the ring. You're like, damn, I can't believe he did that. I thought he was going to r- fucking just rail into the fan and shit. He used
2: to fucking love LOD back in the day. He used to want that fucking, those, those yep. pads with Oh, they even, they even talk
1: about the origin of that, or how that came about.
2: Dope.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, that was Classic.
1: So, you know, they had that. Um, they also had... Did
2: he talk about the little, the origin of the little spider in his forehead?
1: They talk about how all of that, like how, how they first used to look with their makeup to like the, the evolution of what happened with it. So you had the Jimmy Snooker story as well. The assassination of Dino Bravo. The yes. life and times of New Jack. Um, Dave well, I, Schultz, I
2: I've seen a bunch
1: of these actually, yeah. Yo, Dave Schultz, the guy that slapped the dude from um from uh 2020,
2: the reporter,
1: yeah. Uh, this one, the one that really surprised me that I didn't think I was gonna like because I didn't know really much of it was the Herb Abrams story, the cocaine and cowboy boots, where this guy opened up his own federation just because he wanted to try to take out Vince McMahon, but this dude. Made the money, didn't pay nobody off, and just had mad parties with prostitutes and cocaine, bro. Yeah, like I'm like, yo, envy in the flesh, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that
2: dude's a hero,
1: bro. Yo, a Jewish a New hero, York, my nigga. And yo, his his um world title belt, right? So they were called uh UWF, right? Okay. Universal Wrestling Federation. So the way he had the UWF right, and he will he will show like the the camera the belt. Us at home will see it as fu. So that was him like sticking it to Vince like fuck you, Vince. Oh shit! You know, so he's they, they said that's why he put it on the belt like that.
2: Well, obviously, it must have not worked out for him because this is the first time. Yeah, home, right? and, and the nigga died. <laughs>
1: Overdose? Yep. No way. Yep. <laughs> oh, what a fucking G. Yo, dude, this guy had a party where the, where, where the cops came, and they said he was covered in cocaine and Vaseline,
2: bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. what a fucking...
1: Yo, dude, that That's right enough. there is the epitome of taking advantage of the late 80s and early 90s right there, bro.
2: Wow, shout out to him. That's fire. Where bro if you're gonna do it, do it like that, I guess. R I P Herb Abram, bro.
1: <laughs> but um that that episode really surprised me. I didn't think I was gonna really like it because I didn't know too much about it. I think that my favorite episode, I mean, a lot of them were good, but that New Jack episode, bro. That, that that just hit on a different level. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, all the other all the other stories, they were sad. You know, people died, and you know there was just a lot, a lot of detail into it. But with New Jack, he
2: told you his story. You know, I can't get past that forehead, bro. Yo, that shit look. Oof.
1: I, it oof. like ground. It looked like ground beef at Western Beef, my nigga.
2: They got the reason for it. Mm-hmm. You got the
1: nasty man for
2: it. Yo, dude. A shout out to him because he follows us. Oh, word. Shout out to New Jack. Definitely. We got to see if we get
1: him <laughs> on the episode. See what he talking about. But, um, <laughs> and then, yo, like, <laughs> yo, they were talking about how, yo, one thing I learned about that New Jack episode. So, when the gangsters first started, when they were in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the third member
2: of the gangsters was D-Lo. D-Lo Brown? Yeah. They said that in the episode? Yeah, bro. He was part of the episode and everything. Oh, shit, I missed
1: it. Yeah, man. And that dude, Mustafa, Shout out to the <laughs> that dude Mustafa they were talking about how he used to he used to smoke, but he wasn't smoking weed, mad for <laughs> dust. This guy had pencil shavings inside the joint paper and smoking it, bro. What the fuck? Yeah, crazy. crazy. How's the shit? To him, yeah. Pencil shavings. Interesting. You know? And then from that to them doing... Like number whatever, two pencil shavings? number two, Maybe number three. Maybe he was feeling spicy that day. Holy shit. Yo, K, K2 before the K2, bro. <laughs>
2: Seriously, what the
1: <laughs> fuck? You know? And from that to them uh, doing a reverse version of the Rodney King beating on Ricky Morton from the... Uh, which you call it from the rock and roll express? Yo, they beat the limp. Yo, New Jack just got a whole bunch of random black people to come into the ring to beat that nigga up, bro. Were
2: they really beating them up?
1: I mean, they were they were whipping them with, with belts and oh, yeah,
2: racing. okay. I remember what you're talking about,
1: yeah. So, nasty. And he said, He's like, Yo, we couldn't even leave the arena, like, they had to get the cops and come and get us, and that's the only way we could get out. Where was he from? New Jack's from, I think, either North or South Carolina. But uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling was in Tennessee. So, you know, it's deep in the South, in the heart of the South. You know, they get, they're get getting called nigger just like, you know, a waiter is getting called to, you know, put in the order for food and shit. You know what I'm saying?
2: Gangster. Yeah.
1: And he said he took that whole N- NWA lifestyle, like, the Raider Jacket, Big Chain with the with the Scully, and he made it into his own shit. Gangster. You know, and just all of that. And I know he's done some really fucked up shit because he was high for of that cocaine. And that's another thing. A lot of these motherfuckers were sniffing coke, bro. Like, a lot of people. Yo, when they were talking about Jimmy Snooker and they were like, yo, they couldn't they couldn't stop this nigga from sniffing it. Motherfucker don't know how to
2: read, but he know how to put a he know how to put a line in his nose. I mean when Jordan said it, the fellas were sniffing some lines, but, but but not me. Yeah, they can. Not me. And then nigga nigga take his shades off and nigga's eyes look like <laughs> they bloodshot. Bloodshot. You know, they bloodshot with a tint of yellow. It's just straight fucking <laughs> Dijon Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Dijon Mustard eyeballs. Yeah. I don't know what he doing, but he doing something, bro. They say, yo, they say he smoke like six cigars a day. That's disgusting. Six a day, bro. That that nigga smoking all day
1: long. Six a day? He's probably, that's like, what, like 40 packs of
2: cigarettes? (laughs) It's it's 40 Lucys from the fucking Habibis. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what they're giving you? (laughs) Well their bogeys come from China. <laughs> China. China. <laughs> Yo, bro, real quick about the Habibis. I'm like I'm at the corner store. Yeah. And I look down into their counter and I see on display something that they're calling a rose in a in a in a vase. Or or it's like they call it a rose in a tube or some shit. Crack pipe. I put on on my Instagram, bro. That shit is a straight-up crack pipe (laughs) with a little rose, like, inside of it. Did you think of bling-bling when you seen that? (laughs) No, nigga. I thought, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) And the box was, like, empty. There was, like, two left. Only the (laughs) bling-bling. I was like, shit, man. You got to get out the fucking hood already. Oh, it's wild, bro. Nigga selling crack pipes at the fucking smoke shop
1: <laughs> with a what? With an image of a rose,
2: with a rose inside of it, like an actual little plastic miniature rose. It's sick, bro. It's fucking sick. And they got screen. Listen, I'm not even gonna get into this, but you would
1: have thought they would have had that for uh for Valentine's, you know?
2: You you would have thought they would have just said attentional crackheads were selling crack pipes. <laughs>
1: Oh, bad. Well,
2: shout out to New Jack. Yeah, See, New Jack got us talking about crack pipes. That's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, bad. And then uh, I kind I kind of like Jericho narrating through the episodes because I don't I like I don't know his his voice projects pretty well that way as like a storyteller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah
1: for sure. I was I was really liking that, and just every story, every story was something that us as wrestling fans have been always wanting answers to. There's so many questions, just like going back to Snooker. So many questions with, you know, everything that happened with his ex-girlfriend that ended up dead. Did he kill her? Did he set it up that way? Second trial comes around. He, I think he had brain cancer. I think it was or something like that. And he couldn't, couldn't withstand trial. A couple of days later after they, you know, acquitted him, he dies. You know what I'm saying, Dino Bravo. I would have never thought Dino Bravo was out here with the mafia selling fake, not fake cigarettes, but you know, contraband cigarettes, and then getting and then getting
2: killed for that shit. Definitely not. But I, I I can honestly picture Dino Bravo in like a tracksuit. I'm not gonna lie to you. What you talking about there, Tony? Yeah, like yo, who 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 ate my fettuccine? Like what's going on here? Hey, hey. yo, Frankie, you touch my (laughs) fettuccine, Frankie, I'll break your fucking balls, okay? (laughs) And then out of nowhere, talking French. (laughs) Yeah, we we. Yeah, yeah, we Where my (laughs) wee wee? You touch my fucking. Yo, yo, Frankie, you touch my wee (laughs) wee.
1: Yeah. It's wild, bro. Like these stories are insane, bro. Just thinking about and then the brawl for all, you know. Like, I I didn't even yo. Like, I'm sorry. I know, like you know, we recently we got we got caught. We caught a little flack for the for the post about Vince Russo we put a couple weeks ago, pertaining to that, and. I'm like, yo, listen, I, I just put what I seen in that episode, what he said, to what he said on a podcast. And it's like he's running, he's running circles around it. You know what I'm saying? He goes from saying that all went down because of you know, because of JBL, him being a dick, him being a bully or whatever it may be, to it was never really about him. It was just trying to get niggas over. So was like, come on, what was it? You know what I'm saying? Like he looked very happy. When he seen JBL get knocked the fuck out, you know, look very happy. He's like, "Oh, he's oh, is the best part. He got what he deserved."
2: I mean, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Like he probably just said that in a moment. Like, yeah, this is the whole reason why I did this shit, so he can get his ass kicked. But at the end of the day, like, you can't, you can't form a whole fucking show. Based
1: on that premise Like that's bullshit Yo if he did bro That's nasty That's your boy yo That's my boy Yo bro Yo bro That's not your boy Nah You don't fuck with him I mean he, He wrote some great shit When we were kids But that's about it What's he doing now Nothing. He has his own little podcast, you know, doing his numbers and he keeps it moving. Yeah, no, it's just so. A- you know, but uh definitely uh New Jack was my favorite. The one that stood out to me the most because I didn't think it was going to be that entertaining was the Herb Abrams, but they ended it off with a banger with the Owen Hart episode. Now. I don't know. It was just a whole list of emotions watching this Owen Hart joint to where they showed the clip like she still has the clip that was supposed to hold his harness. And they used a different clip. They used a clip. I forgot what she called what that clip was. Um,
0: Shit. Wait, I remember. It was
1: something for Boats. Where like only it only needed six pounds of pressure to release it. Six pounds of pressure, bro. This guy's two hundred
2: and forty pounds. So obviously
1: coming through. What was it like? Prior like two hundred feet in the air, and shit, hundred feet in the air. And that when I seen the clip, seen how flimsy it looked, seen how crazy that shit looked, I was just like, oh my god. Like, this this wasn't supposed to happen. This motherfucker's supposed to still be
2: alive. You know, we talked about this not too so long ago. I brought it up that um, WWE was nasty for continuing... Continuing the show. The show. And honestly, I remember also while we were talking about it, um, you, you guys brought up Mark Henry and how he gave that speech... In the hall of fame and he was like talking to his wife like please like and at first i guess when i saw that i was kind of like you know that's that's pretty sad and you know like you know i i fucked with mark henry for that like but the way the way that dark side of the ring broke that down and actually hearing it from his wife's mouth yeah and her painting that picture, I don't blame her for never fucking with the WWE again. <laughs> no, I now right now seeing everything. The thing is,
1: us as fans, we didn't get to see that. Even though it was just a little bit. Because like even she says she wished she could have really like dived in on that a little more. But just seeing the little pieces, just like like I said, that little that that piece with the clip. How just just there's certain stuff that they did, it could have really, you know, changed the whole the whole way that show would have went down. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have the best people clipping them on it and doing they they had like one of the most like delinquent motherfuckers doing it.
2: Uh and they did it for a match against the Godfather.
1: The Godfather was really over at that moment, bro. It's, it's, it's. I I understand.
2: I understand how you're saying it. Godfather. It was the Godfather versus Blue Blazer. And you know what's crazy? He came in
1: as the Blue Blazer. Right? Came into to WWE as that. And it was all right because you know that was you know that was kind of like his, his stick you know trying to be a masked wrestler. But when they did it again, it was it was a joke. Like, how do you have one of the best wrestlers at that moment doing a joke gimmick, bro?
2: Yeah, I mean, they talked about it in there. Like, you know, it just seemed like no character really stuck with him. And because I, I remember when he was in, on the fucking Nation of Domination. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just kind of all over the place at a moment.
1: All over the place, bro. And I guess, like,
2: him going back to the Blue Breeze, or it was him going back to... The, his roots, you know what I'm saying, going back to like how he came into the game type shit, but just, you know, just uh, listen man. You know, they broke the whole shit down on how they was he was doing that whole fucking gimmick because he wanted to do it like Sting or yeah. some shit like that and-,
1: and it's like why why are you trying to go in and, and, and mimic that? Like they doing it over there, they doing what they doing. But listen, that match against the Godfather was for the Intercontinental Championship, so it was the champion. Oh,
2: was? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I don't. I don't remember that. But my thing is this: is like,
1: you, it, it's it's hard, man. And then the way they told Jim Ross, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, yo, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. He's like, yo, on oh die. You're on in ten. Like, what? Like, you ain't even let him get his thoughts together. You told him homie died and gave him 10 seconds to get his thoughts together before going back on air. I mean,
2: did he die in the ring? They said he... He
1: he died on his way to the hospital. He definitely did. Like, the doctors told the wife that they tried to do everything possible to save him. So maybe he was just hanging on because I'm pretty sure his neck was broke. He, neck, back, all that shit, bro. Dude, the, his his blood was on the mat. That's the shit that, that, that really like kind of like, I'm like, yo, hold on. You ain't even changed the mat, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got these wrestlers coming in knowing that homie died already. Seeing the stains on the mat, where this motherfucker was at, like I don't know how these. And then you could see during that during that pay per view event, nobody was the same. Nobody really, really held their their own and pushed pushed the envelope on the matches and nothing like
2: that, bro. You Yeah, understand? it was just. It
1: was
2: just uh... I mean, like I was talking about this with my girl and It's a crime scene, bro. Nah yeah, yeah, that was it's like if it's like if
1: let's say futures on stage at Summer Jam. Homie get pop. Nah,
2: keep it with sports. Keep it with sports. All right. All right, so baseball. My girl brought up a good point. Like I forgot who it was, what baseball player it was, but they got hit with a line drive. And the ball fucking rocked him in the head. Hmm. Knocked him out completely. Even like the the, the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers player, they got paralyzed like on the field. They stopped the game for like an hour, bro. You no, know, they stopped the game for a minute and then resumed it. But that wasn't like a life or death thing, I guess. But the baseball player getting hit, I forgot his name, Spanish dude, whatever. And he got carted off and all this shit. But he was like unconscious the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the game continued. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it's just like I guess the only difference is like Owen Hart actually died and the and the show went on. You know, like but what do you do at that point? You just stop the show and be like, Hey everybody, Owen Hart died, like it's just a weird thing. It's just a really, really weird thing. I feel like
1: if if somebody died, like she said, it turns into a crime scene now. Like, like if I die right now, are you gonna finish
2: the pod? What happened? If I die right now, like, <laughs> are you gonna finish, are you gonna finish the pod? Nigga, hey
1: go. I'm calling Jasmine to tell her to come into the room because you're fucking on the floor. I'm not. Oh, yeah, but after I'm you
2: call her, I was like, anyways, guys, we're back. You <laughs> call her and you're like, yo, you're like, you know, I, I, you removed my, my box from Zoom and you just continue yourself, like.
1: I'm like, well, everybody that's listening, um, not sure what happened with Woodrow.
2: He, uh, no, I'm not doing that. But, yeah, like I don't know what happened to him. He collapsed. I call this. I'm girl. not doing that, bro. Um, but out of here. But so WWE has uh, uh, the last ride. Uh, that might be Woodrow's last ride, but uh, I'm going to take
1: his last ride. But, yeah, I just want to say R.I.P. Owen. Happy birthday, Owen, before we get over there to that. Um, sad, unfortunate situation, and I'm glad that his family is doing great after all this. You know, they his son seems to be doing great. His his daughter, his wife, you know, they got a, they got an organization with his name helping helping single mothers around the world and shit. They're they doing their thing, man. So shout out to them. And anybody go to Pro Wrestling Tees, you, can, you know, all all the sales of those two Owen Hart shirts they got out are, are going to go straight to the organization. Nobody's profiting in from it. You know? So cool. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. But like you said, WWE, last ride. Undertaker, MJ, go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the last ride. Wow. Like he's he was recording that for like the past three years. Yes. So it's like it's kinda it's kinda dope that they were able to flip it and and build off that the last dance, which was an amazing yes, amazing docuseries. Um But the Jordan Jordan apparel went up about thirty (laughs) percent. I bet. Um, And they sent all the Jordans that nobody wears to the Dominican Republic. Got to saw it. Ain't no fucking,
1: ain't no fucking USA thirteens, nigga.
2: Yo, that was a (laughs) nasty video. They do some shit like, oh, they they, did the TikTok shit. (laughs) Just show a nasty pair of Jordans. The nobody won sevens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or the Team Jordans that nobody buys, and they go on sale. They go from 150 to, like, $45, and then you just put them in the barrel, send them to the DR, nigga.
2: Yo, so there's there's a push now. There's a push to, to put The Undertaker in a place that that nobody, no other wrestler in WWE has been put. Um, they're trying to give him, like, kind of the LeBron treatment. You know, the, the th- MJ treatment, the LeBron th- treatment? So yeah, this the same treatment Jordan has with with they're putting Undertaker above everybody. Yeah. You know, giving him that lifetime contract, you know, fifteen years or whatever. And giving him this series and just the way they're going about presenting presenting him, it's just they're putting him to that GOAT status, bro. I mean, he was there, but now they're kind of like, WWE is showing it. Like, yo, yeah. we are 100% behind this guy. This guy is our, you know, our leader, our brand leader. Definitely. Um, but I, it's just so crazy that Hogan isn't, isn't being given these well,
1: powers. Well, see, it's, it's different with Hogan, bro. It's different with Hogan. He's racist. Well, everybody's starting to point out all these fucking T-shirts and the way Undertaker be moving on his, you know, on his own. But then forget about you know, his dark-skinned friends, you know? Like, What you mean? Elaborate on that. All right, so they're saying all this, like, you know, he wears these shirts, uh, Blue Lives Matter, and, you know, a whole bunch of right-wing stuff. Okay. And, you know, then people start popping up images of him in the 90s, wearing the these T-shirts with the, the SS uh, lightning bolt. Okay, the Nazi yeah. symbolism. So they're like, yo, I can't believe this. Like, yo, he's like, I don't need, you know, like people were just saying it on Twitter, like, yo, I don't know how to feel right now. And he's like, they're like, yo, I love Undertaker. Why he has to do this to me? But then it's like, those are his views. I doubt he's racist. He's from Texas? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yo, I doubt no, seriously, I doubt he's racist because he he was part of a crew in WWE for years, years on until the point all these guys got it on their body. Everybody sees that that B, BSK tat right right above uh, Undertaker's stomach. Everybody sees that shit. And that bones that bone street crew shit. If you look at the people who associate themselves with BSK, 80% of them are dark skinned, brown (laughs) skinned motherfuckers. You have the Godfather, Savio Vega. Uh it was Godfather, Savio Vega, Rikishi, Yokozuna. The other two members, besides the Undertaker, is um uh, Godwin brothers. Remember Phineas Godwin and Henry Henry O. Godwin. You know what I'm saying? And one of his other like really close friends in the industry is Ron Simmons. Damn. Damn. You know
2: what I'm saying? Like this I I never got no no racist vibes from Never. Never, bro. Like he's
1: very pro American. He's he's very like to him, the flag, to him the flag is sacred. But you're not. You're not gonna tell somebody from, from, uh, let's say France, or some shit, or from China, who's very pro about their flag and shit, that they're wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong loving your country. You know what I'm saying?
2: Listen, Undertaker, when he went into his whole American badass, fine, I'll take it. Whatever. Yo, you wanna for, a cre- You want to be keto taker. <laughs> I'm taking the meat patties out the bread I'm just eating the meat patties Yo, he had a
1: Crazy, crazy storyline With this one um Arabic wrestler Right? Yo, look how crazy, and this is when he was Undertaker, Undertaker This dude came in, and this is like after 9-11, all his other shit Remember when they were doing the beheading videos? Yeah, yeah So, this guy comes in with supposed terrorists, the, the Arabic dude, right? And the terrorists had the had like the black mask where you don't see the face, coming in, and they fucking put uh, a rope around Undertaker's neck and trying to choke him out. Yo, <laughs> it was it was nasty in the middle of the ring, my nigga. Crazy shit.
2: Oh shit!
1: The crazy, crazy shit. So I gotta put you onto that. Like, see, like he goes along with the gimmicks and all that, but he's very pro America.
2: No, nah, yeah, definitely. And, and he's had a lot of different moments, and he's had he's been able to, like, um, you know what I'm saying? His character evolve. Been able evolve. To, uh, evolve. Evolve. Yeah. Evolve and just, like, you know, just transition when he needs to, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's been able to do all that, and it's just, nobody else has been able to do it like him. He's been a part of, like, every fucking big. Since he's been out, like, every fucking... You remember back in the day, probably, I think it was, like,
1: Survivor Series 93, 94, where he came out, and he was part of a team. It was him, Luger, and the Steiner brothers. And they were, like, supposed to be, like, you know, a pro-American team going against, like, the foreign team. And he comes, and he opens his jacket, and it's the American flagging inside his jacket.
2: (laughs) So he been about that shit. <laughs> been about that life. So yeah, definitely agree. Undertaker, definitely goat status. But my question: Are you putting him over Hogan? Oh,
1: so going back to that, Hogan left. He said that he was retiring. Like that was his that was his plan. He was gonna retire, and you know he wanted to do movies all this blase blah blah whatever the fuck. And again, yo. Know, almost almost not even a year later, ends up in WCW and ends up in, in the court against Vince McMahon.
2: Mm. You know? Okay. So, so <clears> hold so on. Let me see, there's some politics there. Definitely. He left,
1: you know, and he even when he came back, the one person that was very vocal that did not want him there was Shane. Shane was like basically like, yo, this motherfucker is snitch, bro. Like, fuck this nigga. What the fuck is he doing here? He went down south to try to get money. He ain't want to stay up north and
2: hustle. You know what I'm saying? Mm. All right. So speaking aside of the uh of the politics to it, um, just to run down Hogan. I mean, we know we all know Hogan is Hogan. Obviously
1: yeah. we're not gonna Definitely we, we gonna run down the accolades ain't no need. But just on his uh on his
2: WrestleMania his WrestleMania record. He's had twelve matches in WrestleMania, which is pretty mm-hmm. high. He won eight of those matches. Okay. He's beat obviously Macho Man, Sergeant Slaughter, Yoko, Warrior, Andre, Bundy, whatever. He had three losses. His losses is kind of funny because one of his losses was to the million dollar man. And IRS in a tag team match. WrestleMania
1: Nine. Yeah,
2: against Brutus, against Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yo, if you ever and I'm gonna put this out
1: tomorrow, (laughs) it's a funny clip of him talking about yo talking about wanting a title match to who wins the title between Bret Hart and Yokozuna because that was the main event for WrestleMania Nine. He's like, and if it's the Jap,
2: (laughs) wow, yo, said
1: that. Hogan said that funny as hell, but again, funny as hell. (laughs) But yo, besides that, if if you ever go back to view WrestleMania 9, this is another thing that you probably don't remember or didn't really see as a kid the black eye that he had. Hogan, yeah, supposedly he he got. he got his shit laced the night before by another wrestler, but they're not saying who. Like, there's always, like, you know, speculations that, you know, Ted DiBiase knocked him out. I
2: do remember he had some shit, like, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I do remember that. So. That's- and I can see Ted DiBiase checking that motherfucker. <laughs> but honestly, like, I just feel like that's why Hogan is, it's, yeah, it has to do with him leaving. That's true. That's a good point. And then so, think about you know, it. Related to him being, like, racist. Being a
1: bitch-ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, we didn't see it as a kid. As as kids, you know, we idolized the dude because, you know, just the way he was, he was presented to us. But as we get older, we see, you know, we see the fuckery and some shit, and then that whole shit came out, you know, with the whole <laughs> dropping bombs on niggas and shit. And... The Undertaker, yo, Undertaker's been a soldier from day one. He's controlled the locker room, basically, from day one. Been that locker room guy, been that general in the locker room. Had the the WrestleMania record. Yes. You know, 21 straight WrestleMania matches with no losses. And within those, I there's a lot of... It's a lot of motherfuckers. You're like, yeah, I can't believe he got into a WrestleMania match with them, but whatever. But then you start thinking about the ones that he did get into a match with, like Diesel. That was a pretty good match, I, if I'm not mistaken, at WrestleMania uh, 12. It was WrestleMania 12. He beat Psycho Safe for the title of WrestleMania 13. Um, Beat Shawn Michaels twice, right? No, yeah, twice. Beat Triple H twice. Beat Ric Flair. Uh Batista. Edge. Oh uh, shit. I'm trying. I mean Snooker. Snooker was already old against Giant and...
2: Gonzalez.
1: Huh? Did he fight Stone
2: Cold out of WrestleMania?
1: No. He fought Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh uh Giant Gonzalez. King Kong Bundy.
2: Shout out to Giant Gonzalez with that. RIP to Giant Gonzalez, man. He used to wear a big ass fucking bodysuit. <laughs> with with fake hair on it.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, uh Jesus. You know, like out of the, he beat CM Punk at of WrestleMania. Uh he had he has some really, really fucking good matches.
2: Oh no, for sure. For he sure. He has some
1: really good matches at WrestleMania. The way
2: his streak ended. Was terrible,
1: bro. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's no, there was nobody else believable at the moment to beat the Undertaker. Like, Undertaker supposedly he called it, like, yo, he's gonna do it. And then he got the concussion in the ring and all this other shit. Yo, like in the last ride, like you've seen, like he
2: went to the back and yeah. fell. Yo, but that oh my god! When I saw that shit, bro. Yeah, man. He gave it his all, b. He, you said what? Gave it his all. No, that, I know he gave it his all, but that fucking um, Goldberg's
1: move. No, you mean you mean uh, Brock Lesnar?
2: Who was it that try to put him up and ended up like he did like a fucking weird. Oh, like devastating fucking DDT, almost like uh, suplex. Oh,
1: that was Goldberg, but that was at that that was at the um, one of those uh, uh, Saudi Arabia shows.
2: Oh, that wasn't his like 2017. Supposed to be his last match. Thought it was against Goldberg.
1: No, what was supposed to be his last match was against Roman Reigns.
2: Oh, Roman Reigns. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right, but I don't know, just when I saw that fucking suplex, bro, when he landed on his head. I think like how he didn't die off that. Yeah, go yeah, Goldberg, yo. Goldberg's ass. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, like Goldberg's trash. But um you know, like when all that happened, it, it was it was a scary moment for him, you know, especially after that match with Brock Lesnar. He didn't know if he had it to come back because he was so fucked up guy's been through 15 different surgeries you know had everything from rotator cuffs to ACLs to meniscus tears to uh you know pet whatever fuck, like all over the fucking board you know what I'm saying and for him to come back and actually to him like we were just saying that match against Roman was supposed to be his last match He knew himself that he was no good there.
2: Yeah, I was listening to to him on Bill Simmons, and he was talking about how it's fucking hard to prepare for, like, six weeks for one match in a year because afterwards, you just are all fucking – you need four months to recover type shit because him not having the matches – you know when you have the matches that 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 grind your body actually like it kind of gets used to getting hit and it develops this like where you know it can take better bumps type yeah. shit, to where you just coming out of nowhere training no sparring just basically getting in the ring getting your ass kicked <laughs> you need fucking four months to recover like he was saying like yo he, he was fucking himself up with that so, but you know, he started training harder and he came back, whatever, which is dope. So, shout out to Undertaker for real. I mean, I give it to him, man. He never left. His character is like definitely top three, and it's not two or three. You know, <laughs> yeah, where is that, that character?
1: Is two or three isn't close. Like the way he kept that character alive, went through the the changes and and the evolution of that character, and still made it relevant to this day, you know, it's just a testament to the work that he puts in. You know what I'm saying? Word up. You know, like, going back to that Roman match, he says, like, how he wasn't ready. And his contract had, had come up in 2017. So, you know, he goes and sees Vince and everything. He said, yo, you know, I don't know if I could do this anymore, but if you need me, if your star is injured... He's like, I'll be there for you. He's like, I'll be there for the boss. You know what I'm saying? So now we go into the WrestleMania match with John Cena, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like John Cena now is getting his flowers. There was there was fans before. Shout out to Scheiss. You know what I'm saying? Been a fan from the beginning. Shout out to Shy's. When everybody else was like, "Man, fuck this nigga," Shy's like, "Yo, seen as that nigga, bro." You know, I never really understood it until, to be honest, I started to like appreciate him a little more. But after hearing what he did for a legend like, the, like the Undertaker. My nigga, he brought the Undertaker back from the dead, bro. Everybody after that match with Roman was like, yo, Undertaker ain't got it. Undertaker can't do this down the third. He let Undertaker squash him at WrestleMania. He let Undertaker use his name in order to rebuild his name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now, what we're going to do is get into this segment we're gonna call what we're gonna call it reasonable clout reasonable clout now a reasonable clout for john cena shout out to the good brother john cena he has nothing to lose
2: Jimmy me. Uh. <laughs> I don't get us pulled off, bro. Don't. Play nah, it
1: but yo, real quick, real quick. That's what John Cena probably says to himself going into a match. This is what I bring to the table. What you bring to the table? And it's like people say that he buries talent, all those other shit. Everybody will go back to. You know, any everything with uh, Nexus. You know, all these guys coming up from NXT, which was uh, a lot of these guys are are not even in the WWE no more. You know, uh, like homie that just left right now. Uh, damn, Heath Slater uh, from Primetime. Primetime players. Uh, primetime players. I was Titus on it. Darren Young, uh, Gabriel. A whole bunch of these guys, Wade Barry, you know what I'm saying? They all came up from NXT as a group named Nexus, and then, you know, people said, like, their whole momentum got squashed that year of SummerSlam, right? Listen, they got to be part of a match, whether it be a, a tag match or whatever, they got to be part of a match with John Cena. That put them already on the map, on the social map of the WWE universe. To the point where like Wade Bear is like a five-time intercontinental champion. He's a king of the ring winner. You got Heath Slater, won three tag titles. You know what I'm saying? Um uh whatchamacallit? You Darren Young with primetime players won two tag titles with Titus O'Neil. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys actually did something afterwards. It might not have been as big as people wanted it to be, because I don't think there was no way for it. To be that big, because if it was gonna be that big, what are we gonna get from that being that big? And them niggas none of them are around. Word. But it's like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, with Undertaker, Undertaker coming off that crazy looking match, him looking, him looking old, him look, he even called himself fat. He's like, oh my god, my gut is over my fucking. Leotard, I'm looking crazy out here with these leather pants. Them shits don't fit. You know what I'm saying? And then John Cena's just like, yo, my man, I got you. We're going to rock out.
2: We're going to wrestle for clout. We'll give you some of this clout juice. You know what I'm saying? This reasonable clout. You know what I'm
1: saying? And look what happened after that. He beats John Cena, goes into this tag match with Roman Reigns, Against, uh, I think it was Dolph Ziggler. No, it was against uh, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Everybody talked about how great he looked. Of course, he had that crazy, crazy, ridiculous, whack-ass match with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels to where they even apologized to The Undertaker for it and then had that match with Goldberg. But for that moment right there, right after Cena, Undertaker was back. Nobody was doubting The Undertaker because of the way he beat John Cena. Nobody's doubting him after that. You know what I'm saying? And just like with um, Kevin Owens, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is before you got into it, but even with Kevin Owens, like Kevin Owens was NXT champion, right? This was, I think, 20, oof, 2013, 2014, I would say, around there. And he's making his main roster debut with the NXT title. And this is when John Cena was the U.S. champ and used to have the U.S. champ open challenge. And he's like, who won a challenge? Kevin Owens comes out. Mm. Fucks the nigga up. Boom, boom, boom. Doesn't do the match. Waits until the pay-per-view event. What he does? One, two, three. Beats John Cena in his first pay-per-view event.
2: What'd that do for Kevin Owens? Made him a star. Gave Kevin. him a clouds so that he feels comfortable to do the fucking stunner. There you go. <laughs> like,
1: before Kevin Owens came came over to the main roster, everybody loved him in NXT because he was just an indie darling. He's one of those. But nobody's going to tell me that his stock did not rise after that John Cena match. Because when you're in the ring with John Cena, you know who's looking at you? The nigga that's signing off your checks, bro. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is looking at you.
2: Uh, It's pretty dope that uh, he gave KL his first win.
1: I mean, look at that. And then we could just go into something recently with The Fiend everybody's talking shit wow look at this the fiend lost to goldberg shitting on it saying that the character is dead all this other shit look what they did at wrestlemania with the firefly funhouse uh match fire amazing shit cena gave him that win back cena made it seem like this was a six year journey for the kid or reasonable clout kid Everybody needs it. You need that one star that's gonna give it to you. And Cena's always been there for that. Just like with The Rock. I didn't even mention The Rock when The Rock first came back. And before before he beat The Rock for the championship, the WrestleMania before that one, he let The Rock beat him. That was The Rock's like first like real match since coming back, and he was a part timer. So people are looking at The Rock like he probably ain't got it no more. Why is he gonna go against Cena? He's gonna lose against Cena. I was surprised when he won against Cena. Surprised and happy at the same time. But Cena knows the business and knows what to do. He knows that Undertaker and the Rock are bigger names in the WWE than he is. You got to give the respect to them, but he's going to get that match back. So, please, let's not hate on the man anymore. Let's give him his flowers while
2: he's here. The first ever segment of Reasonable Clout, we giving it up to John Cena. John Cena, Reasonable Clout, baby. The original clout. is <laughs> Cicero. Yes. Wrestle Cesaro for clout. can we talk know? about that one? If you wrestle Cicero, nah, it's not even Cesaro, bro. <laughs> Cicero. If you wrestle Cicero, then you know like you're coming up a little bit. Like. You're coming up in the world, baby. Yeah, a little more clout wrestling Cicero. If you, <laughs> you put on a good show with Cicero. <laughs> you get your, you get your reasonable clout. That's for sure. Word up? And um, this uh,
1: this Saturday, AEW has their pay per view event, Double or Nothing. Got a nice little build up.
2: How are they gonna have it? Like, <clears throat> uh, it
1: I know they're gonna. It? I know. I know they moved it to Florida. Is it gonna be live? Yeah, it's gonna be live. Okay. F- Fifty cash. I don't know about that fifty cash. Anybody got that free live stream? How about
2: your boy? Anybody having a Zoom viewing? <laughs> <laughs> Word, bro. <Yes. laughs> but
1: um, yeah, man, they're gonna yeah they they're gonna be at that theater in Jacksonville, Florida. And for what it's worth, their championship match. I mean, at first I wasn't too interested in it. You know we got Brody Lee versus John Moxley, but the buildup for it has been okay. It's been decent. You know Brody stealing the title, and you know making him work for it to get it back. But it's like Brody just got there. You're giving him a championship match against your golden ticket. The name besides Jericho and uh, Dustin. Not Dustin, um, Cody. So it's like, does he lose the title? Because if Brody Lee loses this, then what? What clout <laughs> does the Dark Order have after this? They still got clout. I just feel like it's gonna kill the momentum. It's gonna kill it. Yeah, it's so supposed you to be like lose. I I have a feeling that he's gonna lose because it's like if he wins, it's like you didn't you didn't even build this up enough. You didn't build up Brody Lee enough to be uh. To, to look like an unstoppable force for him. Like, the way they've been building uh, Lance Archer for Cody is, like, if he's unstoppable. Yeah. And, like I like I said before, like, Cody's getting this Hogan push, bro. They put in all these monsters in front of him. He's just going to chop them down. That's how I feel like his, his career is going to go in AEW, which is, you know, nothing, nothing bad. But... Still on point, bro. Yeah. Like I said, which is nothing bad. But I feel like Brody Lee might take this one, man. I wouldn't be mad at that. Nah, me either. And they're going to have their new mid-card title. I think, yeah, it's, it's a mid-card title, you could say. Unveiled the AEW TNT Championship. The match between Cody and Lance Archer. For the title? For the title. And the presenter of the title is none other than Brooklyn Zone. Iron Mike Tyson.
2: Also, mm. oh, that's how Mike is going to be a part of the show.
1: Yep. <clears throat>
2: Interesting. I mean, give it to Cody, bro. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah, I I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with giving it to Cody for that one, bro.
2: Let him build that shit up. Make it make it become worth something. You know, like Cody holding it first would be yeah, that'll put that'll that'll make that title relevant like really fast.
1: Yeah, definitely. Having one of the top people with that title and he'll be a workhorse, he'll show up every week and defend it, which is great. For real. Yeah. Next we have a Stampede, no, yeah, Stadium Stampede match. Matt Hardy and the Elite versus the Inner Circle.
2: <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> Again? Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean... You know, like, honestly, you know, sometimes wrestling, like, you, you you, nerd out and shit. Like, you know, you geek out over wrestling. And I feel like Matt Hardy is one of those kind of geek out wrestler type of dudes that, you know, like, I, I get everything, you know, I get, he's, he, you know, I get the what's dope about him and shit, but he always reminds me of those, like those dudes that reenact renaissance (laughs) at the park. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like he just, I can't, I can't get with him, bro. Like I can't see the genius in his, in his promos. And i be trying like, and I just can't, it it doesn't reach. it don't hit. It don't hit right. Yeah, it's not, it's not for me. It's nah, not for I'm you. Me. And, yeah, so, I mean. You know what I like,
1: though? Uh, last night, so when the, the inner circle's coming out the limo, right, and I guess it's like their their correspondent there is trying to get, like, some words from them, and, you know, like, they're just, like, sunning him. And Santana comes out of door like, pendejo, you ain't know we're in a circle, bro. Stop it, yo. When he called him up, pendejo, I was like, yes,
2: yes, yo. <laughs> Santana definitely keep a packet of sazon in his sock. Just yo, you he should just start. He just he should just start
1: using it like the great mood and just start spitting that. Like,
2: nah, he keep it in the <laughs> sock just in case he get locked up and he got a chef up north. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shout out to LAX, man Shout out to LAX Uh, yeah! No,
2: fucking proud and powerful, bro
1: Ah, proud and powerful Yes, 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 yes So, we have A casino ladder match It's Money in the Bank AEW style, baby We have Darby Allen Versus Colt Cabana Orange Cassidy Shout out to Orange Cassidy I love Let me just say this real quick. I love how they're giving him time in the ring and people are starting to see he's more than just a guy with his hands in his pocket. Oh, yeah. He's looking, he's looking phenomenal in the ring. The last match he just had with another guy in this casino ladder match, Ray Phoenix was dope. Ray Phoenix. Oh my God, man. Like I love the Lucha Bros together, but they're so good as solo acts is like, I I could see one day if if they get really over them just holding all the titles just between them two. Damn. They they're really good, man. They're really really good. They're good in the ring. They're they're phenomenal, man. And they just got to get over with the with the American crowd crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I think they they got a lot. It's a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of
2: potential there. B. That's what's up.
1: Uh we got. Scorpio Sky in his match, Kip Saban, and Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery competitor. Now, we heard last week that Drew Gulak Mm -hmm. did not resign with WWE over money issues. He wanted more. They ain't trying to give him more. Do you see AEW throwing them the check and be like, yo, be the mystery competitor, or they got somebody else up their sleeve? I don't know. I mean, do you see Gulag going in there and doing something? If Gulak goes there, I mean, why not? This guy is beyond talented. And I'm surprised WWE did not try harder in keeping him just because of the push they've been giving him like the within the last year. Him being um, Cruiserweight champion, him getting all this time on TV at times with certain stars, him buddying up with Daniel Bryan. And I'm just surprised that, like, they didn't really try to keep him. But if he's going to AEW and this is his, his coming-out party, like, yo, it's pretty dope. Just wish there was fucking fans there.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, like, I'm telling you, your, your talent is going to get you the opportunity. It's what, it's what these wrestlers do with that opportunity that just – just pisses me off sometimes. So you got all the talent in the world, but if you're not gonna step out and show your character and give something for the fans to hold on to, then you're just gonna be one of those like, yo, word, he was dope. Yo, word, yo, he, he was dope in the ring.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I liked everything he was doing. Like I said, in the past year, besides his in-ring work, like the chemistry he had with Daniel Bryan on promos, like just him by himself, him being a heel, him being that catch wrestler where he's like, you know, real physical in the ring and, you know, he could really talk on the mic and he talks with a lot of confidence and you can see that. So it's, it's really dope to see. Like it, I just wish, you know, he would have stayed with WWE.
2: Yeah. I don't think it would be. him. It's just, yeah, it's just the climate,
1: you know, the climate of the situation. So too soon. Yeah. True. But uh, the last two matches, I'm not, I'm not even like hyped to see. Like we got MJF versus Jungle Boy.
2: Shout out to Jungle Boy.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Luke Perry Jr. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say about that.
2: Who (laughs) wins?
1: And then we have the AEW Women's Championship match with uh, Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida, no disqualifications match. Hmm. Okay, females. Females are throwing chairs and everything. Eh.
2: Females, no disqualification. Okay, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Who knows? Who's she fighting? She's fighting
1: uh this Japanese chick, Hiraku Shida, Hiraku Shida. H- Hikaru, Hikaru Shida. I'm sorry, all right, I'm butchering up that fucking name. But um I mean she's like I I don't know, like I can't say much because the women in AEW don't seem to get much time and their characters are not evolving. It's you see the same shit from Nyla Rose And you see the same shit from Dr. Britt Baker. Unless, like, that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of their stuff is online. Like, a lot of their promos, a lot of their, you know, character building happens online. And I'll be honest, I I hardly got the time to go through all that shit. Word up. You know what I'm saying? But I just wish they would get more on-air time so people could see not only... These ladies wrestling, but let them let them develop their character on TV. Give them some time on the mic, backstage shit. You know what I'm saying? Let them get interviewed. You know, let us see the fire, the desire, the you know the mic the mic work. Let's see all that shit because we see what they can do in the ring. We see the talent in the ring, but it has to be like you just said. It has to be more than. Hard out. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm just hoping. I mean, it's a no disqualification match. This could get crazy, and this could be a really good match and
2: probably steal the show. Who knows? I mean, I might be smoking outside, but, yeah. Let's see what happens. Smoke break. <laughs> for real.
1: But, uh, yo, I wanted to play for the song of the pot. I wanted to play a song off of that. That new Conway shit.
2: New Conway. Oh, yes. I haven't heard it yet. Oof. Fire. Yes. Oh, fire. Fire. How many joints on that? Uh, I think there's nine. Mm. Okay. Yeah, nine joints.
1: But uh with Big Smoke. No one mourns the wicked.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out.
1: Yeah, he got a call. He got a song called Sicarios with Flea Lord. It's pretty dope. Um,
2: Man, I know it's been out for like a couple of weeks now, yeah, bricks to mural. But uh, you know what?
1: I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play random, I'm gonna play Dead Flowers. From Is that, it all produced by Alchemist, all produced by Ghost Big Ghost. Mm. Yeah, that, that dude did that dude did some stuff with a uh, uh, crime apple. I think. Shout out to everybody. Thank you for listening once again. Be out here. The merch is out here still. The link is in our Instagram bio. You already know NWO shirts, fire. Finn shirt, fire. Brian Pillman shirt, fire. Shawn Michaels shirt, fire. I mean, we're here. We got it and wait till you see what we got for the summer. That's all I'm going to say. You, you already know we're gonna we're going to do a sneak peek for that one, so you already know about it.
2: 2020 Podcast Presents Storyline Tease. Yes. Cop something. We dropping something. We got a drop for every bump in your face. <laughs> bang, bang, bang.
1: Word, man. You already know, man. But, yeah, man, we out here. So, uh anything
2: else you want to say before we get off? This R.P. Shad. You know... Can't wait till the city opens back up, man, so I can get back outside and just touch the people and shout out to you. Shout out to you, my boy. Let's keep keep doing what we do. You
1: already know. And this was episode 105 of the 20 by 20 podcast. (laughs) and We are your host, Nathan McFly
2: with. It's Quarantine Poppy. Hopefully, this is my last haircut I give myself. R.P. Shad. One love to all my niggas, man. Shout out to Los Boricuas. Yes. Shout out to Totones. Yeah, nigga. Yeah, nigga. We back.
0: In my belt, I got it on me. Ready to play my cards however they was dealt. I had to level up myself. Cause even if I did need it, I would never get the help. Yeah, I'm the illest, fuck whoever and how they felt. The way I'm riding lately shit, I'm impressing myself. Push your TI's we go. Uh-huh. I'm like Debo at the dice game. Shoot a What? Farm Park auto start, no kilo Took a loss and got a kilo, and I rebounded like I was Ebo. Before I was blowing up in the game, I was broke and had a bad bitch showing up in the range. On a flight, hungover, I'm throwing up on the plane. Damn, I thought you was official. You sold your soul for a chain, and the fame got to your head. Yeah. You want some other shit, Boy, nigga. you changed once you got you some change, got you some bread. Yeah, nigga. Hold up, man. I ain't finished with these fuck I should aim shots at your head, but well, now you gotta sleep at night knowing you ain't a real nigga. Now lay on top of your bed, that's how you made it. I just won a hundred thousand down in Vegas, Gucci down on my sock, smiling like Roger Davis. <laughs> uh. Bitch in my DM said, I'm proud you made it Told that hoe that I don't even want your pussy now You hate it yeah. Sneakers I'm rocking, can't be found seen Fuck it. a favor, I don't do nothing for free now Not at all. I be around with the pump on me like D-Brown When I shoot it, I gotta put one knee down That bitch will knock a tree down Remember, I walked the nigga, that's a free pound Sold it to my man for the Andre, three thousand Nigga the Made Back is matte charcoal. Uh-huh. Niggas got bars, but I can tell you watch a lot of narcos. You just put words together good, but where's the art though? Right what you live, where your heart go. Uh. Mm-hmm. You niggas just watch a lot of TV, nigga. Mm-hmm. I live this shit, pussy. Machine, machine.